hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, welcome back once again. And uh, before I get uh, diving into everything here, I want to talk about our sponsor, which is the Entree Courier Store. If you head on over to entrecourier.com slash gear, we have got it set up now. So we've got all sorts of, uh, you know, shirts or t-shirts or hats that, uh, that you can have set up. You can choose your colors. You can choose your style. And what you can do is you can represent yourself as an independent delivery professional. So head on over to entrecourier.com slash gear. Folks, I'm going to talk about DoorDash because DoorDash has a problem and they are cracking down. I just wonder if their solution to their problem ends up creating bigger problems for them in the long run. But anyway, now DoorDash, if you've been paying attention, has kind of taken on the Grubhub tactic here. They've updated their deactivation policy, and right now they're kind of in the middle of trying to bully their drivers into submission. There's a lot of drivers that are scared of losing their income, you know, and and why is DoorDash doing this? And are the changes that they're doing, are they justified? And how can the independent delivery professional work within this kind of updated DoorDash deactivation environment? Should they continue to do so? So I want to talk about that today. And especially want to talk about it from the perspective that, kind of remember, we're running a business here. So how does this impact us when we think about the fact that DoorDash is our customer, not our employer? That kind of changes things a little bit when you look at it that way. But why is DoorDash doing this and what are they doing? You know, I think it boils down to there have been so many more deliveries due to this pandemic and sometimes it has really bogged down the restaurants and I think it's created a spike in customer satisfaction issues uh, for DoorDash. You know, I think there's a lot of situations where customers are not happy. The restaurants aren't happy. DoorDash is struggling in a way that they never have because of the, you know, the whole customer experience and the customer complaints and different things like that. DoorDash isn't used to that. And so, you know, when you've got food getting to the customer late, if it gets there at all, if it's taking longer for the food to be picked up at the restaurants. And um, on top of that, I think DoorDash is just struggling to find ways to provide support. I think they've finally started, from what I've heard from a lot of people, and they're starting to notice a lot of people that are doing support working from home. It took them a long time to get that ramped up. For the longest time, they really almost didn't have any support. And so all of these different issues have happened. And from what I'm seeing, and I don't know, I don't have any data really that says one way or the other, just more my observations. You know, one of the reasons that I think DoorDash was able to move ahead of Grubhub and market share is they were just better at getting this stuff delivered. Grubhub with their dispatching, I think, was having a lot of stuff not done. And people found, oh, I think DoorDash is doing this better. And so they were kind of able to enjoy, I think, a little more favor among customers. But lately, I think they've been losing that edge and they're getting nervous. Maybe they're getting scared. So they're going to follow Grubhub's lead now and they're going to crack down on their employees. Well, I mean, independent contractors, right? So DoorDash has made a number of changes in their deactivation policy. 
And they've been doing, I think, a lot more communication to drivers that uh, really are kind of veiled threats that, hey, we're going to fire you or we're going to deactivate you. That's, that's the term they use. Most drivers are seeing it as, yeah, I'm going to get fired. And somewhere along the line, you know, DoorDash, they actually made a very significant change to their deactivation policy. At, um, I found a, I'm, I'm putting a link in the show notes. I always put a link into kind of an associated blog post. And I've got a lot of screenshots in there. So I really encourage you to go over there because you can see the screenshots. I'll try and describe them as much as possible. But I've got a screenshot from the old policy. Google's got this uh, Wayback Machine. It's an archive that you can look up a lot of different web pages and go back to see what they look like on certain dates. So you can pull up the old policy. And um, so on the old policy, they had a section where it talked about abusing the platform and all the different things with that. And then it skipped out. The very next section was appeals. Well, if you go to their deactivation policy now, you see that it changed. I'm not sure when it changed. Because here's the thing, they never really announced it. That's kind of a problem, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But the thing is, is uh, all of a sudden now the policy's got a section between that. You know, there's that part about abusing the platform, and then there's the appeals. And then there's all of a sudden a little section in there, a little three-paragraph section, talking about violating the terms of your contract. And in, in bold, they have marked out things about, you know, marking a delivery complete when you did not complete it. And they say failing to make timely or safe deliveries. So all of a sudden, those have been added into the deactivation policy. So anyway, I want to throw this question out to you. If you are a Dasher, if you deliver for DoorDash, did you ever get a notification about that particular change in the policy? Uh, did you ever get a notification referring to this change, adding in this thing about violating the terms of your contract. Because I don't know when it was added. I cannot find any email telling me about the change in the policy. And I'm just wondering if I missed that. Was that an email that came in and somehow I deleted it without knowing it because I intentionally don't delete my emails from them or anything like that. I keep them in a separate folder. But because here's the thing, if they did not specifically notify you, DoorDash has broken their own contract. And there's some irony in that when you think about it, because they just added this section about how they can deactivate you for violating the terms of the contract. When the reality is DoorDash violated the terms of the contract themselves right here, because in the contractor agreement, section 13 or XII, if you're thinking Super Bowl style, you know, it says that changes could be made to the deactivation policy. However, and I'm quoting from, from the contract uh, that, uh, that we all agreed to, it says DoorDash shall provide notice of any such changes to contractor via email. DoorDash did not provide any notification of those changes by email. Now, DoorDash did notify people that there was a change in the de deactivation policy, but that change had to do with completion percentage. I have never seen an email from DoorDash saying anything about this particular change in the policy. So anyway, if you've received that notification, I'd love it if you could let me know. I've got a link, you know, where you can email me and everything in the show notes, or you can go over to entrecourier.com slash contact. Uh, let me know because I can't find a notice and I'll be glad to update the post with information that, hey, yeah, there was a change that I missed it or something like that. But I don't know, nothing in this, 
I can't find anything about any kind of notification about this particular section in the policy. And, and I think that's an issue. I think there's a bit of a hypocrisy if they're going to enforce agreement to the policy, but they're not going to follow the policy. I'm sorry, if they're going to enforce agreement to the contract, but they're not going to follow the contract themselves. So anyway, let's get on to three things. There are three particular areas that I'm seeing that DoorDash has been cracking down. And I would really call it a crackdown. And, and these specific things I've been seeing where they're really pushing that deactivation button. They're throwing that term out, you know. And, and if they're not saying deactivation in particular, they are at least referencing the deactivation policy. You know, and that's that's not by mistake. Anyway, the three areas where they're break, they're cracking down. One is they're you know, for if you're not delivering the food. I can understand this. If you're not actually completing the delivery, you know, um, that's a problem. And uh, But I think especially since the start of these no-contact deliveries, there, there's been a big increase that I'm seeing in, in some of the posts on forums and on social media where people are talking about they were deactivated for not delivering food to the customers. And, of course, most of the people are saying they were deactivated, so they definitely did deliver it. And... Um, who knows? Half the time when they say they didn't, they probably didn't uh, or did or, you know, they just don't know for sure who who exactly did and didn't. But DoorDash did recently update the rating screen on their app to add a little section that says orders never arrived. So they're really starting to watch on that. Now, this is kind of a tough one because I think it has been found that customers are lying at times about not receiving orders. But I think you also have a lot of times that you've got dashers are lazy, that they're not taking the food up to the door, uh, or they don't care if they got it to the right place or not. They're just dropping it off and they're just taking advantage of this no contact delivery as a chance to, you know, just drop the food and run. And so, you know, it's a problem that goes both ways. But you know, drivers have been reporting getting texts that state that customers stated their food was never delivered. And I noticed like in this one that the screenshot below it, it states that failure to deliver food can react result in deactivation according to the deactivation policy. You remember the one that they changed and added that part of that without notifying us about it? I'm kind of jumping on a soapbox about that one, aren't I? So, you know, like in, in the... Um, Associated post, I'll, I've got a, a picture, a little screenshot that somebody had posted on uh, the DoorDash driver's Facebook page of a text they received from DoorDash. And uh, the, the text reads, a DoorDash customer reported that your delivery from Town Pete's on Saturday, April 25th at 7.43 p.m. was not delivered. DoorDash requires that you complete every single delivery that you pick up. Failure to do so can result in deactivation according to our deactivation policy. If you believe that you received this notice by mistake, please fill out the following form at, and let's get the address for where you can click on to fill out the form. So just the fact that they're starting to actually track it up on the ratings page is telling you they're really starting to get serious about people not delivering, and they probably should. The second thing, that they're cracking down on is people being extremely late to arriving at the restaurant or at the customer. They've been sending out messages to dashers informing them that they've been late to the restaurant or to the customer. And like the messages that I've seen, you know, once again, on things like, you know, the uh, DoorDash drivers, Facebook pages, or, you know, over on uh, Reddit sometimes, and sometimes on Twitter, you just see some of these different things. But they're kind of like this one here that says, hey, Kathy, there's a lot happening in the world right now that might affect your deliveries. That said, over the past week, you've been extremely late in arriving at either the restaurant or the customer's drop-off location. 
They don't tell her where or when, but anyway, says Dashers, as is laid out in both the independent contractor agreement and our deactivation policy, are responsible for making their deliveries to customers in a timely manner. For more information, please visit the Lateness Alerts help page. And you notice that on that, like I said, you know, there's no information about exactly when that happened. They don't specifically say you can get deactivated for this, but they definitely make sure that they're referencing the deactivation policy. So it's pretty much about the same thing. Now, DoorDash has a, you know, they've got a, a couple of pages actually that explain they're almost identical to each other. But uh, I've got a link to the one that's a, a lateness based deactivations explained page. And on that page, they state that dashers who consistently arrive at the merchant or customer significantly after an estimated arrival time will be eligible for deactivation and noted as noted in our updated deactivation policy. Because I really feel the need to harp on this, a policy that was updated without informing the dashers of that update. But anyway... The policy seems to imply, you know, as you read through it, that it looks like they're talking generally it's like about 30 minutes late or longer. They don't specifically state that, but they do kind of mention there's something around 30 minutes. So they kind of make it look like that. That's the problem though, is there's not real firm detail on this. And I apologize for the barking in the background. It's either the mailman or the squirrel. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but uh, they definitely need to uh, guard against both of them. So anyway... Essentially, it looks like what's going to happen is uh, you'll send out, you'll get a uh, warning text, which they will say has no consequence. And after that, deactivation is a policy is the way they phrase it. Or I'm sorry, is a possibility. The thing is, they don't provide any detail. You know, is it two strikes and you're out or is it three or four? How long does the violation stay on your record? I mean, if you're extremely late and you get a warning and then a year later you're late again, can they terminate you then? You know, they don't tell you any of that information in their little policy explained. So it's really not even a policy because there's no definition. But anyway, on to the third thing, and the most recent one, and the one's really getting a lot of news lately, is being deactivated for a low completion rate. And I've got to be clear, this is not the same thing as not delivering the food. In, in DoorDash terminology, completion is finishing an order that you accepted. So if you accept an order and then you unassign or you cancel out of that order, they call that incomplete. And so, you know, if you accept an offer, you cancel out, that's considered an incompletion. And so DoorDash measures your incompletions versus the number of orders you accept and you get your completion rate through that. And they've long had it in your policy that if you do not complete 30% of your accepted offers. That's grounds for deactivation. But on May 22nd, they sent out an email said, hey, we're going to bump that up to 80% now. You have to now complete four out of five. Now, I'm going to tell you, one out of five is not a hard thing to do. But in some areas, I think it is getting to be an issue. And the thing about that is deactivation for completion, there's no appeal for that. It's it's metric-based, they said. And so there's there's no option for appealing. The flip side of that is that at least you kind of know where you're at with that. You know, you know what the threshold is, you know what the amount is, at least it's better defined than all that other stuff that's out there. And you know what your completion rate is, so you can stay out of trouble. Well, you do know, but sometimes you don't because they've had so many issues with how their ratings are showing up. And that's, you know, that's part of the problem, I think, you know, and that's, that's part of 
maybe the uh, issues with how they handle their deactivations because if they can't provide you the information that you need on a, in a reliable manner, that's, that's kind of an issue. And that brings me to this question. Are these policies unfair? Now, there's some things I don't like about what they're doing here, but I also mentioned at the beginning, you know what? We need to look at this as a business owner. We need to look at this as if DoorDash is our customer. And how do things happen when you're dealing with a customer? And and the thing is, is when you run a business and you agree with your customer that you're going to do something, you just do it, you know? That's good business. You, you be on time. You complete what you agreed to complete. You do it in a reasonable manner. You do it in a professional manner. I don't have a problem with any of that. So on the surface, I don't have a problem with saying, I'm going to complete this delivery that I said I'm going to complete. I don't have a problem with saying that I'm going to do it in a timely manner. And um, I've long said that, you know what, our agreement with any of these companies, it is on a delivery by delivery basis. And we make a commitment once we accept a delivery. So I don't have a problem with this on the surface. You should be expected to do what you promised your customer that you would do. However, there's always a but, right? If these policies lead to deactivation for something that's outside your control, now there's now you've got an issue. And in most cases, I don't see that happening, but I do, however, see the potential for it happening. And uh, And sometimes I think it does happen. And that means that the way that DoorDash does their deactivations, it's really not set up to accommodate for you know, those types of things that are outside of somebody's control. And that's part of the problem with this. I'm going to say like most times when you have new policies issued, they're issued as a result of abuse because here's the bottom line, folks. There's a lot of terrible dashers out there. I, You know what? I'm going to guess. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm going to guess that the virtue that you're going to listen to a podcast about doing delivery like that and a bit, you know, something like that, I'm going to guess you're probably not one of those terrible dashers. I hope not, because uh, anyway, there are those that are just incredibly lazy. You know, they, they don't want to get out of their car. They, they're they calling the customer saying, you got to come to my car, or they're just going to throw this stuff on the doorstep, not even contact the customer to let them know it's there. They're going to refuse to climb steps. They're going to refuse to do even the minimum effort to complete a delivery. And there's people like that, that they're causing problems, Okay. You got some that they don't take care of the food. The the car that they keep it in is unsanitary and uh, they're not protecting it by using a bag or anything like that. You find some of these people that uh, they work multiple apps. And uh, no, I'll tell you what, I work multiple apps, but I also talk about that as far as in terms of doing it in a way that still makes sure that you're honoring your commitment on every delivery. But you got some that they're just going to take whatever's thrown at them and they don't care whether it takes them out of the way. Um, and, and and they don't care whether it makes the food really late, whether the food's going to be really cold, any of that stuff. So I look at how some people look sometimes when they're delivering, you know, when you walk in and there's some of the people that are waiting to pick up food and it turns out they're with DoorDash or any of these companies and you're looking at them, it's like, man, Thank God they're not touching my food, you know? So it makes sense sometimes when you've got people like that that you got to take some steps. But don't get me wrong here. I've got no sympathy for DoorDash on this, though. I don't feel sorry for them in the least bit because it's a problem they've created for themselves. It's, it's all in the system that they do things. They have no checks and balances here. They have really no hiring process. 
all you have to do really to go out and deliver is you have driver's license and uh, a car and you pass a background check. And part of that is because they're really not allowed to do much on the hiring side because they're hiring contractors. And uh, again, though, there's no sympathy on this side because that is a decision that DoorDash made. They decided to use the independent contractor model. They decided to use a model where they can't control the work or the appearance or any of that stuff of the people that are doing the deliveries for them. So some of that is, you know what, when you go on the cheap, you get what you pay for. And uh, I'm, you know, I, I would much rather be a contractor. I would not want to be an employee of DoorDash or any of these companies. But it still comes down to when they choose to go this route and they choose to bypass a lot of the stuff that way, sometimes you just get what you pay for there. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that uh, I think these policies can end up actually creating a lot of problems for DoorDash as a result of it. Maybe not. I don't know. But I kind of wonder if they're walking into a minefield by cracking down like this. I think there's a number of issues and some of it in what they're doing or how they're doing it and just some of the um, consequences of what they're doing. You start off with the fact that they're cracking down, but they're cracking down with some pretty vague policies. A customer reported they didn't get the food. Well, did they not get any food at all or was it like their fries were missing, you know? And is one report enough for termination or is it, you know, is it based on the size of the order and all sorts of things like that, that you don't have the details. You don't know that stuff about it. And what exactly is extremely late? They kind of hem and haw around 30 minutes in their explanation page, but they never come out and actually say that. They don't tell you, like I said, you know, you don't know if it's a two strikes and you're out. You know, you can get by one time and get a warning text, but you don't know what happens after that. You don't know what is going on with that. And so you've got some very vague policies. Another issue is there's no due process here. When somebody is terminated, you're kind of screwed, I think, as far as how that goes. You know, DoorDash sends you a report that somebody claimed that they didn't get food, and they do give you at least a link where you can kind of respond. And it's possible to reply to that report, but what do you reply to? Because, you know, I read the one that they said, you know, that uh, the one example there and from that screenshot, but you don't have any detail beyond where it was from, what time it was or anything like that. You don't have details as far as what the customer exactly is saying. And so how do you reply to something that you don't really know for sure? And there, there are a lot of other issues where people are getting, um, you know, accused of, being hostile or different things like that, that there's no detail at all. Well, how do you reply if you don't know? And and here's the other problem is that you can't respond actually to your accuser. You know, the thing is, is if DoorDash deactivates for lateness and not delivering, you can appeal. But um, what I've seen from a lot of people in forums that have gone through the appeal process, you know, that appeal process is a joke. They, they fill out a form, and there's one box in there. Tell us why you're not guilty. It's not quite those words, but it's you know pretty much about like that. You can kind of support your reactivation request, I think is the way they phrase it. Well, how do you fill that out when you don't know for sure what this is all about? How do you, how do you respond when you can't speak with anybody about what's going on? How do you give your side of it without really having the details that you're responding to? And then who's evaluating the process? You know, is it is it the same person who deactivated you in the first place? Well, 
Yeah, that's that's real fair. You know, so, I mean, there's the process or the lack of ability to really respond and to really get your say, I think, is a real problem with their whole deactivation policy thing. Here's the big one. I might have mentioned this one. Maybe I mentioned it. DoorDash didn't even follow their own contract when they updated their policy. Here's the thing. I mean, I think DoorDash is in the right to expect people to follow what they agreed to do. I think all three of these areas where they're cracking down that on the outset are probably reasonable for them to try and get more people to be a little better at. But DoorDash loses the moral high ground when they don't follow the contract themselves. When the contract says that they've got to notify you and they make a change, and when they change the policy without notifying you of that change, like I said, if I missed the notification and they didn't notify people, please let me know. I'll gladly walk this back. I'll gladly, you know, do a mea culpa on that one because, but the thing is, is I think they got to hope that some lawyer isn't really digging into this whole thing because I think that could just, you know, that, that could really hurt them right there. I think another issue is DoorDash is risking con- crossing over this line of control that you're supposed to have with independent contractors. I think this is especially true with the completion rate thing. The timing of this with when people are unassigning more due to long waits, it translates into DoorDash essentially, they're requiring dashers to wait long periods without giving them any compensation or anything. They're not going to give the drivers anything more, but they want the drivers to take the hit completely. And that is a control thing. And the problem is DoorDash and all these gig companies right now, they're facing, I think, an existential crisis right right here about you know, what's going to happen to them as companies. Because the deal is that they've chosen to use contractors. They have stated very publicly that there's no way they could survive if they've got to hire employees. Well, California passes a law on AB5 that's pretty much targeted at companies like DoorDash. Virginia just passed a law. I'll be writing about that here soon that, you know, they're trying to restrict uh, the use of contractors there. There's national legislation called PRO Act, which is kind of a national version of AB5 that's kind of in the works, but not going to get anywhere unless there's a change in administration. Controlling the work of your contractor is a common denominator in any of these interpretations. There's there's a lot of different ways that states and the government and different aspects of the government look at whether or not you're allowed to use a contractor. But among all of them, kind of the biggest factor is you cannot control the work that your contractor is doing. If you're going to control the work, you've got to hire them as an employee. And to me, I think taking so many steps, whether or not they're technically controlled issues. Some of them are and some of them aren't. But when you're doing this now, in the middle of this environment, you're giving your political opponents ammunition that can really help push through this stuff. And so to me, I'm thinking all of these steps and this cracking down like they're doing and the bullying, that is really essentially what this is part of. I think it's just a stupid move by DoorDash, in my opinion. I think the last issue, I kind of touched on this, but that requiring completion on deliveries that are really late is really kind of a breach of agreement. Here's the thing. It starts with this. Your delivery offer that you receive, whether you're delivering for DoorDash or anybody, that offer screen is kind of like your contract within a contract. The terms of that particular task that you're going to agree or reject You get those terms and you make that decision. Are you going to accept it or are you going to reject it? And you accept or reject based on the information presented. 
And so those terms in that contract really are where you're going to pick up, where the customer is, you know, it's basically where you're going to drop off, how much you're being paid. And here's one you might not have thought about, but that is how long can you expect that delivery to take? Well, where is that in the contract? Well, here's, here's the thing. Think about this. DoorDash gives you on the offer screen, they have a little thing on there. It says deliver by a certain amount of time, you know, deliver by 6.15 p.m. If DoorDash can bind us to being done within a certain time frame, if they can create this lateness policy that says you're going to be there within a certain amount of time of when you're supposed to be there, or they can deactivate you, it's really only proper to be allowed to take that deliver by as binding on DoorDash as well, right? If they're going to say that you've got to be able to have this delivery done by 6 p.m., then you should have a reasonable expectation that you can get that done by 6 p.m. There is, there's kind of an implied expectation that everything is going to be ready so that you can complete it by that time. And, you know, the thing is, is if you get to a restaurant and you find out they are so far behind that the food is still hasn't even started yet, or you've got a really, really long line and it's a place that you can only pick up, let's say, in a drive-thru, or you got to wait in line to be able to pick it up, when all of those things are there, and there's just no way, you know, you're delivered by a 6 p.m., and there's no way you're going to get there anywhere near 6.30. Basically, what's happened is the terms of the agreement have changed. The terms of the agreement, what you agreed to, is not what's happening here. And so it's really basically a breach of the agreement, and what it does is it voids the agreement. When you look at it in those perspectives, it's kind of like you agreed to it based on this, but when it's not what you agreed to, whether or not it's DoorDash's fault is is really not part of the deal. I mean, it's it's part of, you know, DoorDash is putting this together, so they're kind of responsible. I don't know what they could do to make it work better. I don't know what they could do to make the restaurants go faster. But the bottom line is they can't hold you to something if it's not what you agreed to do. And so to change the terms of the agreement but still require you to complete that delivery, now they're crossing the lines into controlling the work of a contractor. And that's a huge issue. I think this could work against DoorDash in other ways too. And, and really the bottom line is I think it could really backfire on them when it comes to getting orders accepted. Because think about it. DoorDash can punish you for unassigning orders. They can terminate your contract because you've unassigned too many orders, but they cannot punish you for rejecting orders. They cannot take any kind of action whatsoever because you've rejected too many orders. What's that going to mean? That means your acceptance rates are going to plummet. Dashers are worried about being deactivated, and so they're going to be a lot more selective. Orders from slow restaurants will go unfulfilled. And is that going to be a better alternative for DoorDash? To have fewer orders accepted now, and especially orders from certain places just not accepted because... People could lose their ability to deliver because of accepting those particular orders. And I, I think that that kind of thing is actually going to have kind of an unintended consequence for DoorDash. Well, real quickly, I just want to pour through a couple of things. What can you do? With all of them clamping down on this policy, what should you do as a Dasher? And remember, DoorDash is your customer. 
but what can you do to protect your earnings? Make sure that uh, the relationship can go on. And I'll give you a couple thoughts. First of all, just do what you agreed to do. I think most stashers are going to find out that if they just did their best to deliver the food that they agreed to deliver in the best condition that they can possibly get it there, once they've accepted that delivery, they're going to be fine. I don't have a problem with the 80%. It's not hard. It's not hard. Now, there, I think there are some places where sometimes the restaurants are a lot slower. We'll get into that in a second. But completing four out of the five deliveries that you've accepted, that's not hard to do. But do what you agreed to do. Get to the restaurant quickly. Get to the customer quickly. It's reasonable and it's good business. Because the thing is, is if it not only helps DoorDash, it helps you because the faster you get done, the faster you can get onto your next delivery. And that just means more deliveries. And that means more money for you. So it just makes sense, right? You're agreeing to get the food to the customer in the best condition. And how can you delay and meet that commitment, you know? So confirm the right place. Make sure the customer has the food. All these things, they're just common sense. And if you do this, I don't think you're going to have too many issues. I don't think you're in danger. Second thing I would just say is document. Document, document, document. If there's anything that you wonder about, you might have a problem, just document what's going on. Keep a record. And even if it's just writing it down in a little journal or something like that, there's some things sometimes outside of your control. And in those situations, do everything you can do. And probably the biggest issue here is when customers lie and say that they haven't gotten their food. Now, I've heard of this a lot. I've never had that happen. And maybe I'm fortunate. I don't know if it's just because I'm lucky or if it's just because I make sure that I've got it all done. But, you know, keep yourself kind of like an electronic paper trail. Keep track of anything that you can that documents that you've done what you said you would do. I communicate by text. If, you know, as first order a priority, I would rather text the customer than call them. And the reason is because that text gives me a record of that communication. And if they respond, if they say something, I'll text the customer a lot of times. Hey, I see that this is a no contact delivery. Is there a particular place that you want this left? And that way, if the customer says something back, I've got a record of it. You know, take screenshots of the communications. If you've got to contact DoorDash support, I'm one thing I like about DoorDash on their support better than the others is it's a little easier to get into the chat because again, you've got documentation of that conversation and you've got a record. Take pictures, take a screenshot of, you know, whatever your conversation is. And when you get to the customer, take pictures. I, I take a screenshot of the map uh, so that it shows right where I'm at as well as a picture and uh, then I'll send a text sometimes to the customer say, hey, just re- this is where you said I just did it there as requested and so on like that. I've heard of some people that are going to the extreme of getting body cams. I'm, I'm, maybe that's not an extreme. I don't know. I haven't done that, but I can't blame somebody for doing that. And so just do what you can to document that you've done what you've done. And if you see anything that looks like it's going to cause problems, find a way to document what's happening. Text the customer if traffic is really slow. Um because again, you've got a record. Chat with support and screenshot the conversations. Take pictures of the traffic, whatever you've got to do to show why this is happening or whatever. Create a record so that you've got support. Take screenshots of your offer screens. We go back to that agreement. Those are the terms of your agreement. If you take a screenshot of the offer screen, then you've got something that says, oh yeah, this is what they agreed to. I don't know if that'll ever stop you from being deactivated for completion rate, but it sure gives you ammo if you decide to challenge that in court, you know? Make smart business decisions. You know, that's the last advice. Just know your market. Know the restaurants that are sold. I'm going to tell you to have a lower acceptance rate. 
and and it's the one thing I think DoorDash doesn't want out of this, but it just makes sense. I'm, mine, my acceptance rate, I can guarantee you, it is going to plummet faster than the stock market did in March. I am more selective with DoorDash offers. If there's any doubt that I'm going to be able to get out of that restaurant in a reasonable amount of time, I'm not even going to try. There is no way I am taking the orders from places with drive-throughs unless I happen to know that that drive-through has got a very short line. I am not taking orders from you know, certain restaurants that just always have a wait. I'm just not doing it. And so in the end, I'm probably going to end up doing a lot more Grubhub and a lot more Uber Eats and a lot less DoorDash because basically DoorDash is punishing me for delivering for them. So anyway, I recently wrote about multi-apping. And in that, I emphasize that when you take multiple orders, you know, make sure that the one that you take, that that extra order is not going to interfere with your ability to do the existing one that you already agreed to do. And I would just say that's the other part of making smart business decisions is be even more careful about that with DoorDash. The bottom line, folks, is you're not employees, okay? If I do what I agree to do, I'm going to be okay. I know this. And if I do an excellent job delivering the food and doing what I said I was going to do, I think I'm going to be able to maintain my relationship just fine with my customer and continue to earn money from that relationship. Now, if the deactivation policies continue to change to the point that it's impossible to operate independently as a contractor, at some point, maybe I'm going to have to make a choice. You know, I I, I choose between, do I let the customer exploit me? Do I let the customer take advantage of me? Or do I fire the customer? I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm firing the customer. I've already more or less done that with Postmates, so what's one more to do that? That's another article maybe someday. Folks, thank you so much for being a part of this Courier Nation, for, for hanging out with me here today. And if there's anything that uh, is helpful about the Entree Courier, about the Deliver on Your Business podcast, any of the stuff that we're doing, can you share the news? Let people know. Uh, point them out because... If there's more people that are able to find us, we can help more people take control of their business. And Courier Nation, I'm going to ask you to do that. Take control of your business. Even though companies are kind of threatening or bullying like DoorDash is with these deactivation stuff, you are in control. You are the boss. You are running your business. DoorDash even says that it's a relationship of co-equals. Take that place. Be the boss. 